Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I just needed to put everything on hold so I could clean it out. Otherwise, for me, it would be like trying to clean out a moving truck while I'm on the highway. That is Brendan McLean. And this is episode 192 of the Osher Ginsberg podcast. Welcome to the Osher Ginsberg Podcast. I'm Osher Ginsberg. Thank you for being here. This is episode 192 of the show with Australian singer, songwriter, performer, unicorn, Brendan McLean. You can find him online. His handle is McLean Brendan, M-A-C-L-E-A-N Brendan, McLean Brendan. That's where you'll find him on Twitter, on Instagram. Thank you very much to everybody who got in touch this week and sent me an email. You can always send me an email. Send Osher email at gmail.com. And thank you so much, especially for all the pictures that you sent me, which we like to call the Podsy, P-O-D-S-I-E is the hashtag. It's a picture of what you're looking at when you're listening to my voice. Got some great ones this week. I got some pictures of excellent ham and sh- uh, toasties, some vegan toasties, uh, people working out, going for a run or a cycle, lots of cooking this week, some jogging or jogging, I think. It's hard, Jay. Uh, people in traffic uh, with zero kilometer an hour, boring times out on the on the road. People on road trips. Uh, I don't recommend taking a photo out the side of a moving car. Keep your hands on the wheel, please. Uh, and also a, a couple of wonderful shots of peaceful, happy dogs having peaceful, happy naps. All this stuff is wonderful to see. It helps me get to know you. It helps us get to know each other. Just send your podsies through. Send us your email at gmail.com or uh, tag me on Instagram or Twitter. I hope your week has been good. I've I've had a massive 10 days. Uh, I've yet to have a day off. Um, I think by the time I talked to you last week, 
after that, I ended up in the end having seven flights in five days last weekend, uh, which led into this week, which has been launch week for season five of The Bachelor Australia, which has been a lot of fun. We had a big night on Wednesday on the premiere night. Thank you all so much for watching. And then on the the night after that, I had a huge one with the Aureas, the uh, online retail industry awards, uh, and it was great on that night to catch up with uh, Jane Liu, who's the CEO and founder of Showpo, um, and she said something really, really nice. Actually, she's a she's quite a force of nature, Jane Liu, and which you'll know if you've ever met her. But she won a, a few awards, and after one of them, uh, we had a photo, and she said that of all the press, all the interviews that she's ever done, the one she gets the most comments, the most feedback from is the podcast that she and I did together. Now, if you've not heard it, I would thoroughly, thoroughly recommend going back through the feed and finding it. It's episode 132. It's a very, very inspiring story. Um, I love listening to it and re-listening to it because it reminds me to not accept mediocrity as a permanent state and it, it teaches me to whatever it is that you really want to do it's worth putting everything on the line to try and do it even if you fail knowing that you gave the shot is what really really counts because you never want to die wondering you never want to die wondering uh but yeah episode 132 go back and have a have a listen i hope your week's been okay i've been absolutely flat stick in fact I've, I've actually had to stop wearing my fitbit because i don't really want to know how much sleep i'm not getting it's easier when i don't know how much sleep i'm not getting um i know i told you last week that i was turning to espresso and barocca my body's starting to turn on me i'm getting some fantastic reflux uh due to all that i'm getting really forgetful which is not great i'm gonna have to get some sleep soon i'm trying to clean out this week uh because I know I'm getting tired when I forget to have fun. And I start to take everything too bloody seriously. I get tired, I get exhausted, and then I listen to everything as if it's a serious comment. I can't see the levity in things. In fact, I find it very hard to see the levity in things. I observe things that aren't immediately funny. I start to see them as a threat. And what happens then is I spend the entire day on edge and then I can't sleep and then it gets even worse. And a lot of this comes from no sleep and no exercise, which is not great. It's not good balance on my behalf. It's not a great state to get into because I'm paid to exhibit, or many times I'm paid to exhibit my internal emotions externally. So if I'm a serious son of a bitch all the time, it becomes a grind to listen to me and it becomes a grind to work with me because I'm constantly going on about, yes, but what about the dugongs or whatever the fuck else I'm talking about? So sorry if you've had to be putting up with me and how straighty 180 I've been over the last few weeks. Uh, I'm trying, trying to pull back. I just have to get to, I actually have tomorrow off. I actually have all of tomorrow off uh, a Sunday, which is the first, that's why I'm recording this on a Saturday. It's the first day off I've had in a long ass time. So I'm looking forward to that. I've got to say that I'm very grateful to have my wife, Audrey, who's always around to keep a check on me, which is nice. She's able to point out, you're really serious and a cranky bastard. Lighten up, pal. When I lived alone, I didn't have that. And I'd go down this road for months, incrementally getting more and more tense before I noticed anything was wrong. 
the world would just get more and more threatening and eventually something would pop uh, and I don't ever want it to pop again. So the goal is to not let anything pop or burst at this point. It's never fun when you get to the burst point. Uh, so I'm uh, going to, in this week, I promise that by the next time we speak, I'll go, wow, you know what? I slept for eight hours, three nights in a row or something awesome like that. I've got to say a big thanks to everyone that's supporting the show at patreon.com slash osher, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash O-S-H-E-R. Thank you so much. People who've put at least five bucks a month towards the show in return have been getting exclusive access to a exclusive feed that only those people get. I'm talking episodes that I only make and will only be heard by people who support the show. This show is free to listen to. It's not free to make. There's a bunch of costs associated with podcast publishing, including bandwidth feeds, hosting fees, production costs, wages that I pay for. Uh, but the support of people like you make this show possible. It allows me to pay Andy Ma, my audio producer, who's on the road in California right now, but has a laptop with him and is probably producing this episode in a fancy cafe somewhere in San Diego by the time we speak. And also my production coordinator, uh, Haley Van Spagna, who works tirelessly to rearrange my schedule when my bachelor... Uh, production schedule changes. Like if we have a rainy day and we can't do a group date one day, everything gets pushed today. And if I've got two podcasts that day that I've been waiting eight weeks to try and coordinate, everything goes out the window. So I think by the time I sat down with Brendan McLean today, it was the third time we'd rescheduled. But Haley, bless her, has been able to make all of these things happen. And I need to pay Haley and Andy. And it's through your help that I'm able to pay Haley and Andy. If you do listen to this show and you do get something out of it, please consider pledging some money each week to the show for less than a smoothie once a month. Less cost, actually half the cost of a smoothie. I bought a smoothie this morning, it cost me 12 bucks. It was a fucking good smoothie, but it cost me 12 bucks. Uh, for less than that amount of money each month, you can support this show. So thank you. But let me tell you about my guest today. Brendan McLean is an Australian singer, songwriter, performer, unicorn. He first came on this show about three years ago, but suffered at the hands of the great Zoom H4N file loss of 2015. He's been kind enough to return, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about since the last time we spoke. Brendan's about to have a new EP coming out in August 2017 and a new album in the works for early 2018. So it's a great time to have him on. You can follow him on Instagram or Twitter where he is very active. McLean Brendan, M-A-C-L-E-A-N Brendan is his handle there. This is a conversation for anyone who's ever let fear hold them back from expressing themselves. And expressing himself is something that Brendan does with exceptional Ability. His live energy is something to behold, as is his recorded work. He is, he is an extraordinary, extraordinary pop singer. BrendanMcLean.bandcamp.com is the website where you can find out about all of his releases. He is an independent artist, and so through Bandcamp, you are able to support him directly. A fair amount of the conversation that Brendan and I are about to have revolves around the music video that Brendan put out in the last few months. It's the video for the song... House of Air. Now, I must warn you with all the warnings that I can warn you with. If you choose to go and watch this video, you will see for yourself graphic descriptions and graphic depictions of many sex acts between two men. You'll see close-up shots of genitals. You'll even see close-up shots of penetration. Now, if you want to see such a thing, it's up to you to watch it. I'm not going to say watch it or don't watch it. But if you do, be aware 
that you're going to see what you think you're going to see when you hire professional gay porn actors to make a film in the style of a visual accompaniment to a written thesis, observing the habits of and cultures of a subset of gay men. Bear in mind that that's what you'll see. In this conversation, you'll actually hear me watch the video, uh, which you can see at houseofair.info. And I do try my best to give benign descriptions of what I'm seeing on the, on the screen. But again, I only watch this video if you're interested in seeing something that really freaked a lot of people out. I personally, I personally thought the video was great. It is just so perfect. And it really does what it sets out to do. I'm so happy that Brendan is the kind of artist to make this kind of film, to push this kind of art, to put that amount of money, because it shot it on 16mm, he hired professional actors, professional porn actors, it's not a cheap thing to make. But he's absolutely 100% dedicated himself, and you watch all the way through to the end, you'll see that he 120% dedicated himself to this art, to this de de depiction, to this incredible statement of work. Uh, and I'm so happy that he's brave enough to do that because there's, I am most certainly not brave enough to create art like Brendan created. I'm thrilled that he was able to come to my house and talk with me about it. Having said that, Brendan got really raw about his adventures in the world of art and performing and his mindset around performing and his framing of what it meant to have success and when he saw others' success. And I'm really grateful that Brendan chose to share those thoughts with me. I urge you to support Brendan in any way you can, either financially through the Bandcamp site or through spreading the word about his work. We are lucky to have him. Let him know you heard him online. His handle is McLean Brendan, M-A-C-L-E-A-N Brendan, McLean Brendan. Please enjoy this conversation with Brendan McLean. Hello, Brendan. Hello, love. Thanks for doing this again. You're so welcome. When was the last time? It was at an Airbnb on Fountain. Yeah. Yeah, that's how you get to Hollywood. Yeah. That's the, the key to success. Yeah. Isn't that what they say? Take Fountain. Yeah. What's the best way to get to Hollywood? Take Fountain. So we did that. And, then and the other one is um, don't drink and drive. Oh, but yeah. If you, but if you do, take Fountain. Take <laughs> Who said those? That was Sam Kinison. Okay. I'll take that. But yeah. that was good. And then, and then our podcast died. Then our podcast died. And that was the predecessor. This is the, it took me as long, this is the second podcast I've done on our new recorder because- it's beautiful. Uh, the old recorder, which was the first I'll one- brought to you by Shaw. Uh, no, Zoom. Our oh. good friends at Zoom. Thanks, Zoom. The old recorder, um, unfortunately, didn't use its last gasp to save the file. <laughs> it just went, oh, I'm out. And yeah. then it took me like two days to try and find, so sweet rescue you. 20 minutes of it. But I'm, I'm, here we are. But here we are. Uh, yeah, it is. It's a, it's a different, day. more complicated world. Slightly, slightly. Lots happened in the last two years, has it so not? So much. So much. A in, far more complicated in, in the globe, world. In, in personally, in the Who'd everything. have thought? Yeah. Who'd have thought? All right, so I'll give not you. Not then. Imagine if you turned to me in that room, in that podcast, and you said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy who host The Apprentice is going to be president, I would have been like, get out. Get out of the room. <laughs> Go home. Fly home. But it's real. And that I think that gets to you after a while, especially if you spend too long on Twitter. Yeah. Like the doom mm. kitten comes in and over you. The doom kitten. The doom blanket. The blanket of doom. And you pull it up and you give up. and Yeah. 
which can be very isolating to stay in that Trumpian stress. It is, it is but I guess the, the, converse of, the converse of that is in another two years, could a feasibly oh, large, no. as large a jump happen? And absolutely, yes, it could. I mean, that's terrifying and exciting. You know, it could be something good could happen. Yeah. You know, every time I'm happy about Macron or Trudeau, someone's like, but also here's this oil pipe that he just signed off on. So, you know, nobody's not problematic in politics now. It's very, it's very difficult. You've got yeah. these incumbents... Uh, industries and ways of life, yeah. gigantic amounts of people that it's very hard yeah. to change. It's like trying to turn a, what did Obama say? It's like trying to turn a cruise ship that you, the, the, you can spin the wheel 90 degrees mm. but the cruise ship will list really dangerously to one side. A lot of people will fall, fall overboard. Yeah. Everybody's drinks will spill. You know, nothing will work on the thing properly. It'll take a long time to get everything back together. A lot of people will fall over and get hurt. Yeah. You can only that's change happening. it a little bit at a time. Yeah, that's a little happening. Bit at a people time. are being hurt. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Every – what's her name? I wish I could remember. There's a, a woman, a young woman. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. She – basically every week she writes a column on Medium of the things that happened this week during the Trump presidency mm-hmm. because uh, she says when you know, such regimes take over, it's nothing is overnight. It's – incremental change every day that you go, yeah. oh, I guess that's not good, but yeah. I can live with it. And then before you know it. Yeah, like today, you know, um, Donald Trump has decided he doesn't want trans people in the military yeah. anymore. So, you know, the man who has a, has a tweet that's like, I'll be here for the LGBT community has now said trans people are not welcome in the military. And what does it say to the 15,000 people who are there at the moment? Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. If yeah. you're if you're on base, if you're at some forward operating base in in far away, you know, dirty, dangerous stand. Yeah. What is that? As a saying? trans person, and you hear that. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. Heartbreaking to turn to your job. Yeah. That's that job. You've decided to that put your life on. Job. You put yeah. your decided to put your life on the line. Which is that what, what that job ultimately asks yeah. you? That job asks you. Look, we're going to pay you this money. We're going to train you. We're going to do this. But when push comes to shove, we're going to need you to go over that hill. Yeah, that's what that's what the job is. You're going to have to do that. Glad that other people do it. It's always been my stance. God, I'm glad I don't do that job. But I'm happy that somebody does it. Yeah, I wish it didn't have to exist, but I'll never be able to do it because I'm a I'm a musician, and that's all I'm good at. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to do other stuff very well. Did you so you came you came here uh, on a on a Thursday in the daytime? Yeah. What what happens in on Wednesday nights in in Brendan's world? I've been up since six a.m. Yeah, I just get up with the sun now. I can go to bed till midnight, so I'm a little bit weary. I usually don't do that. I usually go to bed at ten. Yeah. Um, which is difficult when my gigs are at ten thirty, eleven, midnight sometimes. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've just been getting up with the sun and doing as much as I can early. I clean my room. It's amazing. Like, I'm doing so many adult things. It's, it's incredible. Like, this week, my poor housemates, I run home and I'll be so excited because I'll be like, guys, I have a debit card and a Medicare card. And they're like, yeah? I was like, that, that's what I did this week. <laughs> I just, in, I don't think I've, I, you know, I've never had a normal job. So it's very confusing when... You, I'm kind of in one base at the moment for the first time in years. Yeah. 
and I've just forgotten how to be a person. Right. Entirely. It is interesting when you have to plug in to this system mm. in order to live. Yes. Basically, like you, you may not want to have your spending tracked. Hey, baby. Sorry, Frankie just come to say hello again. Oh, I love you. You may not want to have your spending tracked or, or, or you know, have your visits to a doctor be, you know, scrutinised yes. by anybody else. But in the system that we live in, in a modern industrialised, westernised culture, pay pass is a thing yeah. as uh, bulk billing doctors yeah. are a thing. Yeah. And if you – because I, I think about it. When I did move to the States and I had to I had to kind of get on the grid, so to speak, and I didn't exist until I got a social security number. Ah, right. Over there. Yeah. And then I got a social security number and realized, oh wow, I've really I've really got to give it up. I've yeah. got to give up my name, my address, I've got to give up, you know, my phone metadata, I've got to give all this stuff up. Like and if you just kind of go with it again in a gradual yeah. change, you don't really think much of it. But like I, I just a chronic loser of things as well. I lose. I've lost my passport like four times. That's um, a lot of times. That's a lot of times. I'm. So, I think I've actually talked to Julie Bishop on the phone, like about her being angry about the amount of times I've lost my passport overseas. Julie Bishop's our foreign minister. Yeah, yeah. She's black flagged me. Um, but it's 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 been a good time of adulting, and I just worked with the most wonderful people. Um, I guess you'd know David Campbell. You'd worked with him in TV Land. Oh, very briefly, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, I worked with David Campbell, Sam Sparrow, uh, a wonderful Diesel, uh, singing a George Michael tribute at the Opera House, at the Sydney Opera House Concert Hall with the Sydney Symphony Orchestra. And the whole thing was sold out. It was the biggest crowds I've ever played. And it was just, yeah, incredible. And so I'm very sore at the moment. My body is in a lot of pain. How many nights did you do? We did four shows. Um, all sold out, 2,000 people a night, yeah. 2,000 happy George Michael fans. The big room? Yeah. The, the big, big room, It's a nice baby. room, isn't it? It's such a special room. It's a special room. And so, yeah, for me, that was that was a big deal. I'd never done the concert hall on that level. I've supported um, Amanda Palmer and, and sung one or two songs, but I'd never done such a huge show. And to have, like, 60 people playing <laughs> instruments as I sung. And, yeah. Oh, it was, it was such a validating moment because you know i'm still independent i'm still an independent artist and it's almost been eight years of doing it by myself and so just to get it was a special gift in my year i'm so so proud that i got to do that eight years of being an independent artist yeah paying your rent and paying your bills yeah oh i mean i'm back on the migraine right now like i'm so fucking broke but you know it's worth it like i love what house of air has done like that's that's taken all my money. It's fine, but it's House of Air, my video, my music video, and what it's the, its impact has been worth every cent. And sure, if I got to eat noodles and lentils for a couple of weeks, that's cool. I got enough shoes to go through at the moment. I just want to write new music, so it's perfect timing. And it's winter time. You're only going to be wearing less clothes exactly. for the next six months. I don't need clothes in the summer. I mean, if anybody's, like, followed me on Instagram, they probably see that I don't wear clothes on stage very often. Right. It's just become nakeder and nakeder since <laughs> I last saw you. Nakeder and nakeder until it led to an explicit pornographic music video. <laughs> and, I mean, we should give, like, a content warning before we talk about anything near it, around it. Okay. Like, 
People shouldn't watch it. <laughs> you spent so much money on it. <laughs> I know. But I'm, people, you shouldn't watch it. It's for nobody except me. I made it for me. That's <laughs> the truth. After all these interviews, it was so intense that I moved to my dad's house. Yeah. Um, I got a farm with some goats and a Datsun out the back that the goats sleep in when it rains. It's cool. In Emerald, which is in near the Dandenong Valley in Victoria. Oh, that Emerald, not the you, Queensland Emerald. Not the Queensland Emerald, no. Or the Emerald City. But I lived on this farm and just kind of had to defrag. I'd never dealt with that kind of media scrutiny before. Yeah. You know, it was 10,000 angry comments a day. And then after PewDiePie did his response video, it just happened again. And it was just endless onslaught of weirdly positive media and then just anger and just uh, for some reason anti-Semitism would just happen one day and nobody on, not that it matters, but nobody in the cast or crew was Jewish. It just was like this, the, the video became an attack place for these Reddit or alt-right Reddit groups to, to attack me or to, to troll it. And it was just, I just had to log off. Yeah. For a, yeah, just a month. I logged off for a month and I didn't say anything. <laughs> I think that's the key. Don't, if you need to say it, then you've still got something to work out with your relationship with social media. You don't, you don't need to tell, tell your followers you're taking a little break. Just take a break. They're not that, they're not that worried about you. They're not going to go online at 7pm and be like, <gasps> I better stop cooking because Brendan hasn't tweeted. Like people can take a break, especially after they saw what I put them through. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Have you watched it? Not exactly. <laughs> Good. Don't watch it. We're too close. You know me too well. No. It's weird. My family hasn't watched it. Currently has 3 million views. Standby. Oh, God. How do I spell it? Um, okay, go houseofair.info. On YouTube? <laughs> no. <laughs> they you they could... took it down. Vimeo. <laughs> you, so YouTube took it down. But Vimeo has left it up. Thank you, Vimeo. Why um, did uh, YouTube take it down? Um, they, they, why did they leave it up? <laughs> That's the question. They left it up for a week. Um, and it, it racked up a million views in that sort of week. All right. Stand oh, by. God. I'm a bit embarrassed because this shows how much, in, how much, uh, shows how much research I haven't done. On you. Are you aged 18 or over? Are you? Houseofair.info. Are, are you aged? Yes, I am. Your skin's In fact, so I'm 18 beautiful. twice. Oh, my God. I'm, act- I'm 18 twice plus seven. Oh, nice font. Not good with math. Thank you. It's, um, yeah, so directed by Brian and uh, Brian Eccleston and, wait, Brian Fairburn and Carl Eccleston and Who Made Stupid, my first ever beautiful. video clip 10 years beautiful, ago. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Okay. Okay. I also have footage of your face as you watch it. Okay. So uh, this is a, an embedded video. All right. Hang on. Are the lyrics anything to worry about? Uh, then they're not lyrics. Okay. Um, I, I, you're not hitting the Russian one, are you? Because we did a Russian translation. All right. So oh, yeah. A, you need to read that. I'm going to get my glasses on here. So there's a man in it. There's... One man is in a tight pair of shorts, most definitely dressing left, licking an ice cream. It's another chap in leather chaps, having a looky-poo. What's going on? 
I own those glasses. You own those glasses? Yeah, I own a pair of those They're glasses. A pair of glasses. I wish I had that kind of beard. Currently seeing... Got yeah. the little... Okay, so what is the... Uh, hang on, standby. So one of the young men has a, uh, a bandana in the right pocket in the olden days before Manhunt and Gator. Yes. What did the bandana in the right pocket mean? So these are queer semiotics. They're handkerchiefs. Frankie. And Oh, Frankie, hi. He's keen. Hey, he's dead keen. And what this whole video clip is based on is queer semiotics and the hanky code. The hanky code? Okay, hang on. I've got to feed an angry dog. Yeah, me too. <laughs> there you go, Frank. Sorry, I forgot to give you breakfast. Same. Ready eggs. Yeah. Pretty sure you brought me juice when because I was in I've, LA. I've talked a lot about I've talked about this before and I can't remember the name of it, but there was in New York City, and in New York City alone, there was an entire language that existed in yes. the gay community. Yeah, what, that's what was it in called? San Francisco as well. So gay semiotics and the Hanky Code, yeah. which was studied by Hal Fisher and mm. put into an essay, which I happened to stumble across when I was sitting in a park in Soho. Right. And it was like a ways that because this is when homosexuals still so homosexuality was still illegal. Yeah, no grinder. There's no and way to tell it someone was a way that men could say, you know what, I don't mind being with other men. And also, here's some details about what I like doing with yeah, them, or like having done to me. Yeah, is it going to be worth that while to risk arrest to go home for this? Exactly. And so um, here's a hanky in my pocket. Whole conversations could take on place on the down low. Whole conversations could take place in front of us, another person. No yeah. one would ever know. No one would ever know. Picking up the uh, video at 38 seconds time code. Wow. There's a lot of ice cream, dribbly ice cream. There seems to be a young man helping another man out. Uh, working on... Uh, flossing, we'll call it. Flossing. Light blue handkerchief. Placed in the right hip pocket, Seb's noticed the wearer desires to play the passive role during the intercourse. A lot of people are surprised that right is, is passive and left is, is aggressive or top. And now we've got the, uh, the cowboy. The cowboy, yes. The urban, rider is the his urban, name. The urban cowboy. One of our fine cars. Got the earring in the left lobe, I remember that. I remember that one. This young man is, is helping another young man... With some hygiene. <laughs> uh, and now there's another young man who's... Maybe he's a, he's a sailor and he's working on his knots. <laughs> there's a chemistry lesson here. <laughs> okay. I believe this is a, a, a top or a bottom scenario happening mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. The blue handkerchief worn in the right hip pocket indicates a desire on the part of the wearer to assume the passive, passive role. Oh, we've role. been there before. Okay. Yeah. But the different colours mean different yeah. things. Yeah. It's nice that you've cast men who aren't just kind of super monster mega bodies. It's yes. actually like regular bodies. That was important. It reflects the photo essay that Hal took in 1977. The kind of awkward, like school photos. A lot of this is based off sort of the BBC series Look Around You. Oh, yeah. That high school vibe. Because it's oh, so yeah. explicit. Yeah. That you might want me to explain. It does have a bit of the after-school special. Did you exactly. shoot it on 16 mil or something? 16 millimeter film. You did. You shot yeah, it on film. Absolutely. Yeah, it looks shot great. It in Camden. Uh, the yellow <laughs> handkerchief. Uh, oh, okie dokie. So the yellow. Say, for example, you like going to Wet and Wild, <laughs> and you're into water slides. This yeah. might be might be your thing. Yeah. Oh, it's a field of gold. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, there you go. Oh, now we're getting complicated. Now we're into the red handkerchiefs. 
Alrighty. Oh boy. This is a young man who's helping the other man out with organ placement. Uh, let's just say there's one young man he's oh he's wearing gloves just for safety but he's just help he's checking he's probably checking for lumps I think he's just checking for lumps just to make sure everything's a-okay oh yeah oh look out now this is a young man who doesn't mind another young man Helping him be sure that everything's... And don't forget to watch through the credits. I'm watching the credits. Yeah, yeah. As, he, as a young man, you know, helping the other young man just be sure that he's regular. That's, a, uh, that's what we put it. Oh, there you go. And what's the word for that? That little, that little follow through at the end. Is there a word for that? <laughs> no. Oh, we should find out. Let's ask the viewers. There you go. Um, right. Okay. Logging this this video off, which I now captured that whole thing. <laughs> that was excellent. Uh, so thank you. That's House of Air, um, which came out to to much strange scrutiny. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a there's a great behind the scenes that we did that is safe for work. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kind of yeah, need need to rub your eyes a bit. No, no, I'm, oh, look, I promise you, I'm. Um, but I'm, yeah, it was you know a wonderful cast. Uh, my friend Harry Clayton Wright, who's a great performer in the show Briefs, which is touring in London at the moment, was kind of you know my quirky professor discovering things for everyone, and I kind of yeah purposely kept myself out of it until the end. Mm. I wanted people to be like, oh well, yeah, Brendan's not really committed to this, like he's not. Uh huh. And I was yeah, but and and also. It's looking back over my eight years and kind of taking a crap on it because I'm, I'm, I have lots of regrets about how I've handled myself in media in the, in the past and how I've treated people, you know, when I was so excited to get signed to my publishing deal. Like I was so up myself about all that. Um, and, I've, and I've always been outspoken and a loud mouth online and I just... I'm trying to to turn all that into content mm-hmm. um, instead of tweeting <laughs> and trying to get retweets. You know, trying to make great content. And yeah, that was everything I needed to say. And it was it was a blend of just pure naughtiness, just knowing we could do it. It's it was the the essay's fortieth birthday, and we actually got um, How Fisher's Blessing. On it, and he talks about it at conferences now. It's amazing, but it was when it got picked up in Russia that everything kind of changed for us. Like, we, we won the Berlin Music Video Award, and there was a Russian band there called Sado Opera, and they can't mention the punk band they're talking about because of gay propaganda laws in, in Russia. But basically, this really, really beautiful punk band play House of Air, the video, after every one of their gigs. And I, I was like, oh, okay, they must be talking about someone like 200 people or something like that. And if you can go on YouTube, there's like a stadium of 5,000 people jumping up and down House of Air. People filming themselves, knowing the lyrics. We have no idea how um, that happened, but it's, it became sort of like a weird pop culture protest. Yeah. And that, that's... I read a great, great quote the other day that said... Um, 
silliness is so important in dangerous situations because it's a secret and it's something private. Silliness is private. It's a, it's fun. It's special for young people, especially people who are detached. And so for them to feel naughty and that they can share this, I don't know how they are. Because there's, there's not really a Russian Facebook. There's, they have their own, very different. And we had we don't know how it got there. And, yeah, it kind of had peaked. You know, it got to its one million views. And then we took a weekend off and came back and it was... It was many, many more. Yeah. Baffling. And we, we don't, it ended up on game shows and uh, yeah, all these, these bizarre podcasts and yeah, I, but we, it's out of our hands now, which is kind of wonderful when something's, it's just worth it. Why was it so important for you to make something, now bear in mind, it isn't as graphic as it could have been, mm. the only real penetration you see, unless it's simulated penetration. No, it's no, not real. That's okay. Yeah. So the only penetration you see is where the young man is helping the other ma- young man perhaps with a prostate exam. Yes, exactly. Uh, but somewhat more digits than is usually used. And, and, yeah, I feel that their facial expressions kind of neutralise that sexuality. Yes. Um, which I... You, you know, we just did our research. That's why it yeah. works. Because we, we made sure we got everything correct. And, you know, the, the people engaged in pornographic acts are porn stars who have experience. Uh-huh. We had people make sure they were safe on set. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it wasn't done in, in a house, in, in a shed. It was done on a film studio with the, the film studio operator. He built himself a, a box out of those Kino lights, those big block lights that like a bookcase. Yeah. He got four of them and put them around himself and had headphones on because he didn't want to look. Why did he have to be there then? I think he wanted to. Right. I mean, he told me that he was cool with gay people about 85 times Uh in the first hour. But, you know, beyond that, you know, and a few of the crew, as you you saw in the end credits, have redacted Mm -hmm. their name from it as... We've won awards. Some have come back and we welcomed them with open arms. Yes. What did you think you were going to film when you signed up to this? <laughs> <laughs> it's more graphic than we thought. Well, uh, it's, yeah. Yeah. What is it in that video that you're showing that you're putting out there for someone like yourself perhaps 20 years ago, 15 years ago? Um. House of Air, for me, when I saw that first edit and I, I felt the, the, the tingle of excitement from artists and you see the anger and the anger is coming from the people you knew it would and, you know, the, ex- the extreme love is coming from the media you thought it would, but... Then you just find the kid who liked the song or who thought it was really wild and, and the naughtiest thing ever and they showed it to their friends and, and while they were showing it to their friends, they were like, well, maybe I don't do that but I actually like guys is my conversation because that's what George Michael's Sexual Freak was for me. Like that song, when I heard it, was the naughtiest, naughtiest thing in the world and I... I 
would take that song to school and be like, hey, check this out, check out this video clip. And they knew you weren't just showing them a video clip. You were, you were telling them something. You were sharing a code. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's what George Michael was for me. And, and, and you know, for him to be gone now and, and you know, there's, there's a lot of people let us down in, in the queer community lately. You know, I won't talk about, like, the band, but there's, de- there's definitely a very obvious queer band who who built up a community of, of, of safe spaces and then it was torn apart by, by people's selfishness. And, and so I kind of, it's probably egocentric to say it, but I feel like I need to kind of pick up that mm-hmm. ball and be like, hey, no, 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 there's still a safe space here. Um, the queer community makes great music and you should come and listen to it. And, mm-hmm. and But our venues are uh, supportive. They're gender-neutral bathrooms. They are um, ramp-friendly, like... All those questions that I never really thought to ask before Power Bottom and uh, did it themselves. You know, they're an amazing, they were an amazing band from San Francisco who ended up getting in some deep legal trouble with sexual assault and allegations around that. And they just broke so many people's hearts. So, yeah, I just was like, all right, well, there's not that many people doing this on the globe. Mm -hmm. There's this. The Ollie Alexanders and Troy Sivans, who I love their music and have have a beautiful fan base. But then there, there was just no one for the freaky kid. Mm-hmm. And I got to be there for that. Yeah. You know, he's the kid in the suburb who was like, I just really liked that John Waters movie I liked. <laughs> I don't quite know why. Yeah. <laughs> or anything. <laughs> You know, that's why we make anything yeah. at all. You know, for like it's it's great that music brings joy to me and I, I love that. When and I when I play original music, it means the world to me. Um, nothing makes me happier. But I know that the output is important. And that's why I care when I put stuff out, you know. The output has to be clear. The audience has to know that it's for them. Sometimes you have to be a bit stern. With, with what that means for your audience's space. But, you know, when you come to a, a Brandon McLean gig, I expect you to respect people. The great friend, um, Nick Hollis, um, he runs the Institute of Many, um, which is a great foundation that, that takes people with HIV, HIV positive or of AIDS or family going through that and just bring them together in a social space where the first half an hour of the conversation <laughs> isn't spent explaining what their disease is or if they have, you know, what their daily infection is. Oh, well, yeah. great, my lung gave out today. Just not having to explain that. And Nick explained, he, he kind of gave me a moment, an Oprah moment. And Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I was really worried about how I could care about so many groups, you know, under the queer umbrella, there's a lot of subgroups. Um, I, I always wondered how I had to, the right to care for people of colour, um, people with disabilities. And Nick Holler said to me, well, just start in the space that you're sitting in and, and are you respecting the person in the room, the other person? And we were at a dance festival. And so I was thinking about that concept, being in the crowd, and I was kind of waving my arms around. And, and I was having a lot of fun, but I just noticed there was this woman next to me who didn't want to dance very much because I was taking up all the space. I wasn't, I wasn't offering any space. Mm-hmm. And as I pulled back, she kind of danced with me and we had this great little time and, and Nick was like, yeah, that's, it. that's ah. it. Every time. And if you just imagine the space grows and whoever you're talking to, they're all there. Every time you tweet, everyone's listening mm-hmm. and that, that your choice to, to put out compassion or bitchy negative energy or the jealousy or, or rage online, particularly directed at anyone, that's you choosing what you put in the ocean, like in our big ocean that we all have to swim in mm-hmm. online. That's choosing whether you're shitting in the ocean or like cleaning it up. And so that's, that's why you make a video like this. Mm. It's undeniable. It's, it's an F you to, to politicians telling us we don't exist. They don't want us to exist. Um, and that's, yeah, that's why there's joy in it as well. People wonder why the song matches to the video. It doesn't lyrically. <laughs> but the, the reason it's joyful is I wanted people to know I, was, I wasn't apologising as well. I think that's, that's what really got people angry, that got the Reddit boys angry, mm-hmm. that at no point in that video are we like, oh, sorry, oh, we shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. It's unashamedly joyful. Mm-hmm. Everyone is consenting um, whether or not I'm playing a character or those are kinks in my life is irrelevant to the piece of work. Um, and I kind of stopped answering questions about the finer details of it, realising that kind of ruins it too. Yeah. You can ruin something by pulling it apart too much and, and destroying mystery as mm. well. On a, on a more kind of wide-angle scale... What part of the reaction to it do you think was a, look, we were fine with you popping up occasionally on a sitcom. We were fine with you occasionally releasing a song that we knew the words to and sing along in our car by ourselves. We don't (laughs) want to know what it is you do Mm. when, like, we don't even want to know that you kiss, let alone anything else. I always say to people, you know, who ask me, why did you do that last bit? That's a bit much, isn't it? Sure. Okay. So I take that back. Well, why'd you do that last bit? That's a bit much. Take that back. By the end, it could have just been models who identified as gay walking around 
And somebody would have wrote, well, why'd they have to be gay? Mm. You know how many people write in and say, why'd they have to be a person of colour in it? Really? Like, baffles me. So what do you, do you think, what role does that play in it? The whole, you know, it, we're, we're fine, I'm going to paraphrase here, yeah. the idea of like, I don't mind what they do as long as I don't have to see it. Yeah, and I think that's, that's why you make noise. Like, that's why you create, it's my little rebellion, it's my little punk pop moment. And, and so I guess beyond sort of a big F you mm. to, to everyone who hurts queer youth and lets them down over and over again, especially in Australia. Um, <laughs> you may not be able to watch it yet, but I made that video for you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> One day you'll be allowed to watch it. <laughs> yeah. My little sister's listening to this because I know she loves you. You're not allowed to watch the video yet. <laughs> <coughs> okay. I, I won't. I won't. I won't show her. <laughs> so let me go back a little second. Mm-hmm. So you've got this song. Yeah. Song Fun Bang One. The song comes first. The song comes. Yeah, a year ago. Yeah. And um, you think, oh, I should make a video for this. Well, I had made videos for most things. I love making videos. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm done now. I think I've reached my peak for the moment. For the moment. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. But I'd made videos for every every song on, on Fun Bang One and I love them all. I, they were always my gift to myself. I've never bought a car. I don't go on holidays. I make a video. And if it's, you know, I super choreographed Justin Timberlakey one like for Free to Love where I'm in a suit looking cool or if it's, um, like hugs, not drugs, where I just kind of looked around my French friend circle, my French circle, um, my friend circle, and just wanted them to all be in a video clip with me. And I was like, "That's cool. I was book a hotel, have a great night." Or when I was a bit older, and after having done a lot of cabaret touring and wanting to get back to my own work, it was just a moment of inspiration. I made the space for it, and that's so important. I just made the space. You know, I had to make a big choice to quit a really long-running show that I'd done and I realised I needed to have space. And in those two weeks, just two weeks, I gave myself, I found this, the book, and I thought it was so charming And because it's a very um, blasé read about it, like he, the Hal's way of writing about gay semiotics. It was just like, and this happens and this happens and this happens, but sometimes a handkerchief might be worn by a... A cleaner. And he's just very matter-of-fact through the essay. He's not politicising anything. And so I didn't really want to either. But, of course, in its own way, it's become its own rebellion. Yeah. Um, and is rebellious in many ways. I also love the song as well. <laughs> it's, it's a nice lovely song. song. <laughs> I, I think I Made saw... it with Alex Suarez from a band that you remember called Cobra Starship. Yes. Super cool. Yeah. And he's been playing, oh, my God. Yeah, I'll say it anyway. He's been playing, he did a tour with Carly Rae Jepsen playing bass and she's the queen of the world and that's enough of a connection for me. Um, I'm Carly Rae Jepsen now. Wait, okay. So there's two things I want to hit rewind. Okay. <laughs> you talk about um, making a space. Mm, mm. All right. For people that may not be too familiar with that, can you just, ex- just explain what it is to make a space? Yeah. Well, when you are not good at routine... Um, when you don't have a routine and when you live in flux, like I believe you and I do, like this um, 
not really sure when the next big gig is going to come along. You, you don't have a great routine. You, you tend to collect a lot of, of mess and that can be in your, your social community, that can be in your work, can be in your health, um, not focusing on that. And so I just needed to, to put everything on hold and so I could clean it out. It would, otherwise, for me, it would be like trying to clean out a moving truck while I'm on the highway. Right. So I had to stop mm-hmm. um, and reassess everything and reassess my connections with my friends because I'd made them also intense. You know, I do a tour to one state for a month and fall deeply in love with someone and then have to leave and then fall in love with somebody else because I was craving, you know, a sense of home and a sense of normalcy. Drink, you know, the amount of money I was spending on weed, like like $400 a week. And not with other people, just sitting by myself, mm-hmm. smoking morning to night and just waiting for the next gig to start um, and forgetting why I made music at all. So, yeah, the truck had to stop and it did in a really beautiful way. And I went to a farm and looked at some goats and some ducks. Yes. And I sat down and, and just wrote a little letter of resignation to myself and I just resign from the person I thought I had to be and all the people I've been jealous of and hateful towards online and, you know, other pop musicians who I thought it would be cool to take shit on them because I wasn't getting what they had and I thought it was my turn all the time, you know, so impatient. I, I couldn't unpack any of that while I was on stage every night. I was drinking like half a bottle of whiskey during shows in between songs. Like it wasn't a rock show. It was a straight up commercial cabaret show. I was smiling at little grannies and I was high and drunk and you can't do that to people. You can't do it to yourself as well. So yeah, I I had to, to, to really stop and, and this video, I don't know, kind of while I stopped, grew its own wings and, mm-hmm. and flew off. It, we didn't do any promo for it, you know. I was, I was so tired as the video was coming up. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to contact this blog and this blog and this PR person and put it up here and contact them. And then Brian, one of the directors, just said, how long do you think it'll last if we put it on YouTube? I was like, oh, give it an hour. I was like, oh, I'll give it 10 hours. Seven days later, we, you know, Vulture and the Hollywood Reporter are calling to talk about it and I didn't have, have to do anything. Right. That was what the space made. So it let that grow. Just, just to see if I heard you correctly, mm. there was so much going on, so much business, busyness mm. and as well you mentioned that you there was drinking and using in there that was also filling a lot of time yeah. and to the point where it was creating so much mess you weren't able to put anything else in but yeah. you weren't exactly happy with what was there. No, I was just churning out songs, um, racking up debt. Ah. And so the only way to stop that was to stop what you were doing and clean out space in your day so that into that space, mm. while it was not chaotic, you could actually pick it apart. And that meant giving up a bit of financial freedom. Uh-huh. But what did you get in return? Yeah, my life back. Yeah, right. 
Um, yeah. But the thing is, you spend so much trying to cover up how sad you are. But, uh, yeah. Time and money? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I'm, very, I'm a very good performer and I know that. I know I'm full of energy and full of beans. But, you know, as I slowly creep towards December 28 and me being 30, I don't want to be the characterless clown on morning TV talking about someone marrying someone else. And I, I like being camp when I feel like being camp. I like that about me. I like that I'm camp when I'm excited. But I just turn it on. I just do breakfast TV for, for some money and just turn it on. Just be like, wear the sparkly jacket, say, oh, my God, pick the tweets of the week. And it just was just soul-destroying. I became a radio presenter because it was near music. It was kind of like being in the music industry. Oh, I know that one very hey, well. Hey, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> I know that I one I think I'm the well. only presenter at Triple J, our national broadcaster, that went from presenting to receptionist. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, honey. Take a break. Take a breather. You almost... Hands above. Almost got a spit take. Yeah. Almost, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> that was very funny. <laughs> My... Frankie, are you going to destroy that Frankie? It's over. That little teddy bear. Frankie's a teddy bear. Frankie's found a new dog toy. He's his former humping toy. He's humped it to pieces. Oh, wow. So he hasn't had a hump in a couple of days. Same. He's probably searching for something. Probably, aren't we all? (laughs) Yeah, he'll fling fling it around the room a bit first. Stop talking about my life. <laughs> oh boy. Oops. <laughs> oh, tears streaming down my face. <laughs> okay, so you went from <clears throat> announcer to receptionist. To receptionist to um, not quite being in The Great Gatsby. It's meant to be a lot in that film a lot more than I was. But we'll skip over that. I think I've talked about that enough before. <laughs> That's okay. It's on my Wikipedia. Look it up. We all... <clears throat> We all had roles. We all, yeah. Yeah. People often... The New York Times put it, the role of Cliff Springer was excised from Baz Luhrmann's <laughs> Great Gatsby. <laughs> My friend read that to me after I thought I was pretty sure I was cut, and he was like, the New York Times said they really exercised your character well. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm still in. So I went to the premiere and took my ex-boyfriend, trying to win him over. And it got to my scene, and, you know, I go to play the piano, and it just skips to the end of the song that I'd spent a month and a half recording. And he turned to me and said, you did so well. That's the kicker, baby. That's the kicker. Man. Still kind about it. Well, nothing to do with me, of course. Moved to New York and started a design firm. But um, that, that was where I went after Triple J. Yeah. To a failed film career. And then I just went back to music again. I was like, that's what I'm good at. 
It's what I like doing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got the Universal Publishing contract and that changed how I was able to, to make music as a yeah. business. You know, I learned that my skill is, is not going to run out when my legs get tired. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, right now I'm doing pop albums, but, you know, in my heart, I'm still a bit of a Regina Spector, Ben Folds, Rufus Wainwright, Fiona Apple kind of guy. But the great thing is I'm a songwriter. I can do that forever. And publishing's great because I own the songs. And maybe a song that I make on a Saturday afternoon isn't quite right for me. But there's somebody down the hall who just, you know, won the voice or something and mm-hmm. wanted to, to sing about that feeling and resonated with it. And it's alive. Yeah. You just put it out. That's the dream. The dream is for me. Uh, the, the dream was that Diane Warren... Aha. Uh-huh. That was the dream. Yeah. yeah. You never have to go on tour. No. Linda Perry, never go on Linda tour. Linda Perry, what never, a woman. Never have to go on tour, never have to have your face on a T-shirt. You can go to the grocery store in your underpants, yeah. no one cares, and you just, just rack up the cash. Absolutely. But it's just little things that, that give you relief from it and that now, um, you know, as I am moving to, to work in my first album, um, for the start of 2018 is more of a band project than it is solo because for my own mental health, I knew I needed to be surrounded by good people mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't want to go it alone again. This is why you know, my EP that will be out in August is called Solo. It's a bookmark in the very, very long beginning of a career. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like I've been doing. All right. I just feel like I'm starting. That's exciting. Yeah, it feels cool. But... Baby. Baby, what is up, man? Yeah. There's no one here. Hey, Frankie. It's all right. It's all right, pal. He's had a, he's had a little snack. He's, he's had a little snacky. Go on, go and give Brendan a cuddle. There you go. go on. Now you're embarrassed, aren't you? There you go. Now you're happy. That's all right. What breed? He is a Cavoodle. Oh, so he is a half King Charles Cocker Spaniel. Just so love. And half of a Poodle. But I think he's a little more poodle because poodles can be quite jumpy. Yes. So he's pretty jumpy yeah. when he wants to be. Little poodle. Okay. But uh, yeah, it takes a lot of uh, a lot of brushing. A lot of life. Man. A lot of life. Yeah. He's a good spooner too. Oh yeah. That little. Oh, see, maybe that, that's what I need when I'm lonely on the road. Cat. Meow. No, Marsha Hines used to take a cat around. Natch. when we showed it. Of course she did. Yeah, it's beautiful. Loved it. Of course she did. She also tells me that she sleeps in her stilettos. I still don't believe her. She rearranges her room, I know that much. Oh, yeah. Oh, honey. Like, she rearranges. Oh, yeah. The she's feng shui is all out here. I love, yeah. What a woman. What she's a woman. Quite a woman. First person Best I ever up. worked with to slip a thank you note under my door. Oh, honey. Of course. Yeah, yeah she cares. Sure. Remembers oh. people's names. Like, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Who can be like, I saw you in 1988. And she'd be like, Tim. Hi, good to see you. Amazing. Surrey Hills, wasn't it? Seven Hills. Yes. <laughs> At the pub. Yeah. yeah. We were in Brisbane and I think we'd, we'd shared a cab back from the airport together or something and we were on the road for Idle and, and I woke up in the morning and there was a note under my door saying, I just wanted to say I really enjoyed our conversation and, you know, keep your chin up. Yes. You know, it's going to be okay or something yeah. like, like that. On her she, personal martial letterhead. Yeah, she's very good at, I guess, after she's been in the business 40 years. Yeah. Longer. Um, no, she would have been two if it's longer. But she's been in, in the business and she's got the, um, the method of enjoying 
those conversations a lot. Mm. She makes a meal of them. Yeah. And that gives, that brings her joy. And that's what I didn't realize was real beforehand. Like she really gets joy out of loving people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think when you're, when you're her and there's that, that famous Charlie Watts, who's the drummer from the Rolling Stones, that famous line is like, you know what? If I had to add it all up, I'd probably been in the Rolling Stones for about maybe a year of my life. The rest of it was all just waiting around. Yeah. There's a lot of waiting, waiting around. around. There's that famous Grinspoon video, 23 hours of waiting around. Ah. And is what you do with the 23 hours that it's not just the what's on stage that yes. is the thing because as you found out, your life becomes on the road. Well, and the things I did with my <coughs> 24 hours were drink and smoke and getting short-term relationships and yeah. then maintain long-term relationships. Um, I've had to, I think I've had to break up with like five people this month. That's a lot. Yeah. And that was, it was all from, from what we call relationship addiction uh, and just kind of, entwining yourself with people, mm-hmm. setting dates really far in the future, call it enmeshment. When you're not really making intimate connections with people, I just find ways to add myself to their life and maybe take them to a hotel and buy them dinner so they kind of feel like they might have had to stay. Like it's all those manipulative things mm-hmm. you do when you're desperate for friendship. Yeah, It can be very lonely out there solo, really lonely. So taking time at a farm in Emerald I'm still, with I'm a still, Datsun full of goats was difficult? Well, now I'm kind of re-entering my, my friendship groups. Like, yeah. Yeah, kind of have to come back and be like, sorry, sorry for not talking to you for eight months for no reason. Because I just, at the same time as wanting intimacy, I wanted to be alone. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be left alone all the time and then was miserable and isolated myself completely and just fooled myself into thinking that just looking like I was in a relationship meant happy, but it doesn't. Like, oh, I learned so many lessons because of that. <laughs> just pasting stuff on, you know, other addictions, just moving them around mm-hmm. to different things. Yeah, and they yeah, do transfer. Just, yeah. And, they do. and so it's just about, un, un, was for me, finding you know, my vulnerabilities and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've gone every two weeks for three years and it's the most important thing I do. Yeah. You know? What's your, uh, you said you're living a life with no routine. Do you have a routine now? Yeah, I get up with the sun. As you said, yes. I am. Doesn't matter. I just can't sleep any longer. Yeah. Um, I, I walk up the road and then down the road and I have my almond flat white because I don't drink milk anymore. And the bloating stopped. Mm. I'm so excited about that. And I am trying to be vegetarian at the moment. So at the moment, my routine is finding an exciting vegetarian lunch. Um, so I'm having a great time with that. And I, I've set a budget for myself. Get ready for this. This is, this is what I'm living on at the moment of $28 a day, which is pretty good. It's pretty good. That's what I got it down to. You've got this playing on repeat throughout the whole of the podcast, right? Just my songs going over and over and over again. Yeah, I don't pay Amcos. Oh, you're out. Sorry. I'm stealing some of your bananas when I leave then. (laughs) Yeah, I pay my APRA and Amcos with with bananas. Speaking of which, um, Winner, which Brian and Carl also made, one of their three videos, just got a theme song for an ABC show. Killer. That I'm acting in, in like a principal role. With 
Uh, Kate Box from Rick and from Wentworth, Pamela Reeb. It's my mum. <laughs> Who could? Isn't that amazing? Pamela Reeb is going to be my mum. How many on episodes? TV. Six. Six episodes? Yeah, it's called Fucking Adelaide. For real, it's really called that. The show's called Fucking Adelaide? Mm-hmm. I used to live in Adelaide. Did you? Yeah, that is a, it is a strange place. How long did you live there? Like until when did you well, leave? When we first moved to Australia, when we first came, when I first came to this country, I Where was you came a from. baby. Where you come from? Uh, well, I came from a place called London, but my parents weren't from London. Oh, okay. My mum was Lithuanian and my, my dad's Czech. No, oh, great. Both refugees and we just happened to, happened. They just happened to be there. You were allowed into this country Well, we're time. white. So ah. <clears throat> it was all fine <laughs> then. Yeah. It wasn't until I think was it no who was it? Um, he was a right wing one. He was the right wing guy that let um, him in. Menzies. No, Roberts. after that, before Hawk, two before Hawk. Um, Birdman. Zena. He's the one that. But anyway, there was Not a Harold whole bunch Holt. of Vietnamese. Which one? Not Harold Holt. No, no, this is years. This is seventies. <laughs> Dead. All oh, right. Okay. Seventies when right. there was all, all these Vietnamese that had fled Vietnam and they were just stuck on this island in the Philippines and the Philippines didn't want them. And then we said, okay, we'll take them in. It's one of the most beautiful things that our country's ever done. And it was a, a right-wing conservative government that did it. I think my grandfather went over in that. And helped bring them back? Well, what he was doing was dropping chickens there. That sounds right. Because there was like 150,000 people. Just, yeah. And the world didn't want them. And they had to figure out how to drop the chickens because and, they died. When they wanted to keep them alive, they were dropping them from a plane. Uh, so what they figured out was if they put the chicken in a bread bag, like a brown food bag, kind of pecks itself out at the last minute, does its little flap. So they can only flap for a second. This is the problem. Yeah. If they drop them out of this plane, they flap, get tired, and then go, splat. No, not good. But if you put them in very the bag. Hard, very hard to debone. If you put them in the bag, they come out, flap for a second, and then land, and you've got an egg laying chicken. Good on you, granddad. Nice one. Yeah. Thanks, but then you came over after that? Before that. Before that. Before that, okay. yeah. And, uh, yeah, so then I lived back again in Adelaide. We moved when I was about five to Brisbane. And then I went back from Brisbane to Adelaide when I was 24 to go work at SAFM. Okay. Which is now, a, I think, turning into a different, like, a apartment block or something. Casino. Oh, no, the casinos. That's... Let's not even talk about turning the into a small fringe festival or something. <laughs> Let's not even talk about another Adelaide festival. Oh, the casino—they're turning into a freaking car park. It's a oh. oh, it's a horrible bloody thing. Anyway, with yeah. pokies downstairs. Adelaide is a weird town on the edge of a desert. Town. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Crazy town. It's uh, it's a town where you can live on twenty-eight dollars a day, mm-hmm. really, really, really well. So yeah. a lot of people tend to just never leave. Yes, I, I feel people that I know did that in Berlin. Yes. And then got addicted to K and then Bad. came back not very happy. It's yeah. like I didn't do that. Berlin's a... Uh, Berlin's a weird little town. It's a weird little town it's where spooky. you can live in the middle, of, like Amsterdam, you can live in the smack bang in the middle of Europe and not have to learn another language that isn't English. Oh, and every single kind of anything that you're possibly into is available 24 yeah. hours a day. Did you go to Bergheim? Have you been there? I don't know. World renowned. It's the club to get into. No, I did not go clubbing. I was sober by the time oh, I went to Berlin. Oh, <laughs> same. Um, everyone told me that I had to, to not speak English and, and wear top to toe black to get in. I just wore top to toe pink and went screaming in through the line. They're like, come on through. It's just how it works. So try that if you're going to Bergheim. Next time. Or don't. Yeah, yeah. Or don't. Um, but the, the difference between Berlin and Adelaide, and there are a few. Mm. Let that sink in. 
Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's no, I like Adelaide. I love my time filming there. That's for sure. Yeah. It really sounded PR voicey. I loved my time filming there. The people were so warm. They were so warm. <coughs> my favorite thing about Adelaide is when people say, hey, I'm on the other side of town. And I was like, I can see you. Yes. You're there. Like, oh, it's going to take us so long to get so there. Long to get there. Yeah, 10 minutes in a cab. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. It's, be- it's, it's great. I've done so many festivals there. Yeah, it's a great spot. Um, but going back there to do the, um, George Michael tribute again. Wow. That'll happen again next year. But it's yeah, all about this TV show that I guess you'll be able to watch kind of anywhere. And Pamela Rabe, she's amazing. Have you watched Wentworth? Yeah. Oh, she's the freak. She's great. Yeah. 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 There was a miming of a vinyl glove being pulled on. Yes. There it is. Um, she's the most incredible actress I've ever watched. Extraordinary. Uh, yeah. Well, that's exciting. So that's going to come out directed by Sophie Hyde, who did a great film called um, 52 Tuesdays. Really awesome. Um, but, yeah, otherwise it's just trying to adult. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're going to be okay. You're turning into a 30-year-old man and it's going to be fine. You. Oh, you get it, don't you? It's, I've been 30. Yeah. You know, I was 30 for 10 years. You're seeing all these realisations I think that I've made for the first time <coughs> and you're just like, well, mm-hmm. I, 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 it took me a little while longer to do what you're doing now. So I had oh, 10 minutes. I'll get to your video one day. I did, ooh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately... My video has probably been made by many other people. Uh, yeah. I, right. I, I don't think I've – no, there's not really – or maybe there is. I don't know. I'll and think you about You tell it. your little tale all the time. Um, yeah. Um, I think it's a really lovely story I, watching you work. I appreciate that. We actually – we had an interesting conversation on the radio this morning. Uh, we were talking last night on Bachelor, uh, one of our ladies uh, – walked up the red carpet and said to Maddie J, we see, I came on this show because last year I was in a relationship with a woman and then I saw a picture of you with your shirt off and I went, oh, no. (laughs) I'm going to have to. And so. Back on. Yeah, and back on. So this morning we talked on the radio, have you switched? Have you switched teams? All right. And it was really interesting hearing from, and this is the thing that really buoyed my heart. Yeah. Uh, we heard from three three women, uh, one of which who had three children with her ex-husband mm-hmm. and was now living with a woman and everything was, they've got three kids. It's one of those things where they got to get across the river in a boat and they can only have one child on the boat at the same time and i got to figure it out in five minutes. Uh, it was something like that around the custody. Uh, no, ah. they said everything was fine. Okay. They said everything was fine and the little ones go, yes, we've got two mums, that's fine. Uh, there was another lady who said that she was, uh, it was her boyfriend's uh, best friend's girlfriend or something like that, something like that, yeah. and they ended up together. Okay. And that was nice, hearing from the the, the lady perspective of yeah. switching from uh, having sex with someone who has different genitals to having sex with someone who has the same genitals. And that last quarter, really, I was really happy to hear from him. He was um, 24 and he said, yeah, and I'm, I'm not putting this on. He's like, yeah, yeah, I've switched teams. Not. Oh, wow. And there was no affection in his voice whatsoever. Beautiful. He was 24 and he's like, you yeah. that on air? Yeah, he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I switched teams. I started as a, you know, I was going out with girls and it wasn't really working out. I didn't mm. quite understand it. Then I was with guys for a while and then, you know, that was okay for a while. It was exciting. It was a bit scary but, yeah. you know, it was exciting and I had a fun time but it wasn't really what I was into and then, and now I'm with my girlfriend and yeah. we've been together for a year. And what was... He might be bisexual. 
but what was beautiful is that at 24, he didn't have any affectation in yeah. his voice. Yeah. He felt no need to identify totally. in one way or the other. Totally. It, yeah. he, he wasn't, there was no lisping, there was no mincing, yeah. there was no, no nothing sure. in, his, in his telegraphing that, you know, because it's often said, no, you don't come out once, you come out every hour oh, of constantly. every day to every person that yeah. you meet. Um, but you imagine that, that hopefully that will change. Wouldn't, an, that, wouldn't and, that be nice? Well, just a glorious indifference would be really nice. Wouldn't it be? Like just absolute indifference to somebody's sexuality. Well, when well it's so, but here we were on, on Capital City, yeah. commercial, right. FM radio, having this conversation with this guy mm. and it, it made me think like, you know, I don't like to say we're just going to have to wait for everyone else to die, but yeah, <laughs> we might yeah. have to wait a little while. I know, <laughs> and I, but I, you know, and I think the important part is you know whether you're a um, a camper guy or or not, you know, it's 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 as a group that we will will move forward. And you yeah. know, I've I had a tough time as you know a camp kid. I don't know when it happened in my life. I just grew up feeling safe around women. Um, and so I guess your voice changes and the, the, the pattern of your conversations changes and the way you interact, the places you go, the media you watch. Um, that, that really does m make, you, make you think you have to be a certain way. And, it, you know, I had to un unravel this extremely camp character that I built for safety. It was just a, a wall. It's like the, the songs were kind of funny all the time. The shows were always with a, I don't really mean it, wink. You know, it's all fun. Um, but yeah, when I'm comfortable, when I'm being an adult, it does seem to wither away. It does feel like a defense mechanism that I've built. But you know, that's not to say if you're a particularly femme person, like I am. I'm so camp, like my wrists are al dente. It's amazing. Every time someone says they're straight acting, they just get looser and looser. I can't hold anything <laughs> at all. I have these like little pulleys. And I love being camp, but I just like meaning it. You know, when I'm, when I'm happy, it's a bit campy, but you know. Yeah, that, you know, that, that travels, I think. And the campness changes with your personality. Yeah. Yeah. 30's okay. Don't worry about it. Oh, but I can't be Troy Sivan anymore. He's so young and has no pause. I know. So beautiful. Here's a, I, I don't know what weird elixirs from Southeast Asia he's, he's yeah. drinking, what flower essences he is putting upon his body. He's in South Africa? Possibly. Yeah, and then moved to Perth. So whatever the combo they did there, yeah. the whole family's stunning. Yeah. Really unfair. But it's okay. The thing about 30 is that I found was that you just kind of get more of an idea of what to give a shit about. Yeah, and it's not, not being 30. That's not my main problem. I just want to write good music. But it's what you were talking about. It's, yeah. it's, I thought that was the problem. Not being, not just kind of like having a, a sprinkler of rage yeah. on your front lawn, trying to identify... Well, was what I found trying to identify myself to others by I'm angry at this, which is what makes me this person, and yes. I'm angry at that, which makes me My this fault. person. Yeah, that's your fault. 
<clears throat> and it's his fault. Yeah. And because he's going well, I'm not going well. So it's your fault. Like yeah. that. I'm so jealous. Oh, my. Such a jealous boy. That it still comes and goes. I still have these pangs me. of. Dar. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Come on. We don't do this anymore. Standing in the Opera House concert hall, singing George Michael's Freedom with an orchestra behind me. It's full with 2,000 people there standing on their feet cheering. And I just want to go back to the hotel room and drink the wine in there. Because it looks like what I want, but it's not. I want to sing my songs. And I just got really good at performing. It kind of is my last distraction, you know. And that's, you know, why I have a producer for the next album to, to sit me down and go, no, you haven't really tried, you know. Huh. I always say, oh, I'm trying so hard, but banging my head on the wrong, on a wall, thinking I'm getting somewhere where it was just going internal, writing better lyrics. I grew up on Pearl Jam. Like, I have so many more words I want to say that are beyond grade three language. <laughs> so like you get to do on those, like, publishing club tours where they fly you off to some like Bali and jam you all in a room and everyone makes four songs a week and it comes out with 80 songs and none good it's just like it's math they go oh what's a thing oh candle you burn like a candle what's the story about that well you gotta find matches you can't find it and it's always this victim to victory chorus and it's and and you'll burn bright and it's oh and then it goes back down. It's like, but then maybe there are still some troubles. Maybe there's some dark clouds on the horizon. But you found the match. Will you be able to light it? I don't know. Yes, you can. Candle lady. Like, that's every Katy Perry song. Ever. Ever. And now she calls it purposeful pop. <laughs> Hi, I'm Katy Perry. <gasps> Awful. Go away. Until she says, hey. Is this Brandon? This is Brandon McDean. Hey, Brandon, this is Katy Perry calling. Looking to work with I really you. like your song. I oh. really, and I was hoping I might be able to put it on my next album. Oh, she'd hate me. <laughs> she'd hate me. I want you to come and sing it at the Super Bowl with me. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, none of that. See, the funny thing about being a very good performer is, like, I'm, I'm doing, like, a corporate in London, too. i got to do corporates again just to pay the bills. Oh, they're good. I'm doing one tonight. Oh, they're great. You go so, to bed early. They feed you. Yeah. It's brilliant. I'm going to London for a while, which would be great. Um, we did one in Italy in Lake Como. Terrible, terrible time. Where are you going to spend your 30th? Do you know yet? Oh, gosh. No. No, I don't. I'm probably performing. Usually am around like that time. Mm. Just dig in. Last year I was at Woodford Folk Festival, which is a beautiful festival in Queensland. But knowing me, It'll be like a bottle of wine and a friend. It's kind of how I vibe. When you find the good people you go sit with, like that, that can be a birthday sometimes. Yeah. Not tweeting. Not for a little while. But yeah, I just want to um, maybe buy myself a nice book, shoes that fit. That would be plenty. That would be plenty. Some clean socks. Mum, please. That would be <laughs> awesome. Some clean socks for my 30th would be great. And I promise I'll keep writing music. Thank you for coming to my house. Thank you for having me at your house. Thank you for edifying me with your beautiful filmmaking. <laughs> I can't believe you watched that. It's really brave of you. I don't want to burst your bubble. Yeah. Not the first time I've seen videos. <gasps> my ex-flatmate right. ex was a gay guy and, and 
I was like, do this. What, what happens in gay porn? Is he really want to watch it? I was like, yeah, let's watch it. So I watched a few. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Go in. Yeah. Come out. Yeah. Sometimes you put a song behind it. But becomes a what, protest you showed, <laughs> what you showed is, is really quite tame considering what's oh, yeah. out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, I think, why, that's why it gets me so excited when people get so enraged. But and like, imagine yeah. if they knew. Yeah, though, like I was alluding to earlier, you crossed over into, like you, you, you jumped over the wall with it. Yeah, uh, versus, didn't see it coming. You weren't staying behind the garden fence where everyone's supposed to stay. Uh, You're supposed to stay in your box. You're not allowed to well, sh- it's meant to go on, you know, porno site, but we put it on YouTube and it changed how and why people watch that video and what a music video is at all. Yeah, that's 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 a pretty and in the in, in the same that. way that <laughs> if if you have really really lewd photo photos, mm. but if they're in black and white and they're in a hardcover book, Stunning. it's art. It's art, my friend. That's Honey. not porn. That's art. Thank you. You oh. shot it in sixteen millimeter at a proper studio with paid it's actors. Why I always keep the black and white filter lens on my camera. <laughs> So any photos in there are just art, and there is so much art on my phone, baby. <laughs> I'll put that in the credits. We won't have to redact that. Yeah. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you, Ash. Oh, love you. That was a nice cup of ginger tea and a jolly good chat with Brendan McLean. Let him know you heard him here on the show. You can find him on Twitter or Instagram, McLean Brendan, M-A-C-L-E-A-N Brendan is where you'll find him. A big thanks again to everyone that supports the show, uh, patreon.com slash osher. Thanks heaps for listening. I hope you enjoyed this one. I know I certainly did. Again, we are really lucky to have Brendan McLean in our lives and we should be happy that we're alive at the same time as he. This is fantastic. Until we speak next week, sleep well, dream of beautiful things. 